This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros wrap up their three-game series against the Oakland A's. Series is even at a game apiece after the A's picked up a 6-2 win over the Astros yesterday. Lance McCullers Jr. gave up a run in five innings, struck out six. Jose Altuve, two hits, including an RBI, and he also scored a run as the Astros saw their win streak into two games. Astros are now 6-2, tied with the Angels for first in the AL West, while the A's have a record of 2-7. Let's take a look at our pitching matchup, and it's brought to you by the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. Jose Urquidy on the mound for the Astros today, and Urquidy making his second start of the year. Both have been against Oakland, gave up two runs in four and a third innings in the first one. I think what the Astros are looking for for, for mostly is a little efficiency in, in the starting pitching department and is get a little deeper into the ball games to take some of the pressure off of the bullpen early on for Urquidy, 101 pitches and four and a third in his last game. That's not really like him. He's more efficient typically, so that's what they're looking for. Frankie Montas on the mound for the A's, and we have seen how good Montas can be. He threw 90 pitches and gave up seven runs, didn't make it out of the third inning in his first start of the year Sunday against the Dodgers. He's got an ERA north of nine in his last eight starts. The only team he's beaten in that time is the Houston Astros. So we'll see. It's been a mixed bag for sure for Montas since he's come off that uh, suspension list. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. Gear up for the 2021 Houston Astros season by stopping by the Astros team store in Union Station. Pick up your favorite player jersey, some t-shirts, or even a polo while shopping from a wide selection of both new and retro Astros hats. The Astros team store has all the great brands, from Nike and Columbia to 47 brand and New Era. Stop by Monday through Saturday for the latest Astros merchandise or call in an order for stadium side pickup. Visit Astros. Astros.com slash team store for more information. Welcome back. It's time for our keys to the game, and they're brought to you by Honda. Racing today for a great deal on a Honda at your Greater Houston Honda dealer. And the Astros, once again, with Aledmiz Diaz in the lineup. Alex Bregman getting a day off, and then the off day tomorrow. Dusty Baker saying Bregman's legs a little bit sore. It's really nice to be able to plug in someone like Aledmiz Diaz with what he's capable of doing offensively when you want to give Bregman a day off. Last time he started, he got three hits against Oakland, so you can plug him in there even if it's just once a week and he's not going to skip a beat because he has very simple mechanics at the plate. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Astros general manager James Click. And a little later, we'll hear from Astros pitching coach Brent Strom. But now this from your local station. Subscribe to AstroCast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough. Michael Brantley. Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> AstroCast is poured for you by Carmock Brewing. Ground ball to shortstop. Kim will go to first. The San Diego Padres get their 
first no-hitter in the history of the franchise. And it belongs to San Diego's own Joe Musgrove, sending the Friar faithful into a frenzy. Welcome back to Astros. This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with a special guest. It's Brent Strom, the pitching coach for the Astros. And Stromy, you're from San Diego. I know San Diego is rejoicing today uh, in one of your, your pitchers from a few years ago, Joe, Joe Musgrove, with an unbelievable day. Uh, tell us what you were thinking when you heard the news when you got in the clubhouse last night about Joe Musgrove throwing a no-hitter. Well, you know, um, Joe, being a fellow San Diegan, to have a – uh, a native San Diegan throw the first no-hitter in San Diego Padre history. That's pretty special, you know, and couldn't happen to a better guy who's worked extremely hard. Uh, and I'm very, very happy for Joe. I, you know, we gave him up. Uh, you know, we, we had to give up something to get yeah. Cole. And uh, and the uh, the Pirates did their due diligence, got a good pitcher, and now he's back home. It's funny, we were talking, I was talking to Brantley and Smith this morning. He has a tattoo on his arm that says San Diego, you know, and I remember his mother his uh, mother or somebody was saying, well, why do you have – what are the chances that you're going to be able to pitch here? And he had the faith, and he came back to San Diego, and uh, lo and behold, no hitter last night. Really, really happy for him. I wrote to him this morning, yeah, said yeah. Uh, from a fellow San Diegan, congratulations, and uh, he'll, he'll never have to buy another drink down, in the, uh, down by the stadium downtown, downtown San Diego. Well, he never was going to have to buy any coffee. They, the, their family's got that covered, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, good guy. All right, uh, what, what do you think about the, uh, the pitching staff first time and a half through the, the rotation? Give me your assessment of, of your pitchers so far. Well, I'll be perfectly frank, as I usually am. I am a little concerned about the uh, reliever usage that we've had to use this early. Uh, we're going through an awful lot of people to get through innings six through nine. Uh, there's some matchup things that we're doing, but uh, some high pitch counts have, have created, uh, created an issue for us in terms of uh, getting through innings. Uh, I, I take that some, you know, we're, we're facing one of the things that people don't realize is our first two teams we faced are the two best teams in baseball in terms of controlling the strike zone. They don't swing okay, out of the okay. zone. So that's made it particularly tough on the young pitchers. Uh, we have to throw strikes. This is not to diminish the Detroit Tigers or other teams that we'll be facing down the road, but other teams are a little more aggressive and chasing out of the zone. Uh, Oakland and the, and the Angels um, are just the two most difficult teams to uh, to pitch against and you have to pound the strike zone they will not expand and that's had something to do with our uh, pitcher usage strong you, you guys have a great reputation uh, of bringing pitchers into the organization or drafting them and developing them and getting the most out of them take me through that process when you, when you evaluate a pitcher and, and you start to see the spin rates on different pitches and things like that and how you match that up to maximize their potential well, a lot of our credit goes to our analytics department prior to us uh, acquiring a pitcher. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the people that we trade for, uh, is to take, for example, we have a young pitcher in the organization named Seth Martinez, okay. who we picked up Rule 5 from the Oakland A's, okay? Yeah. Uh, he pitched in Midland in Texas, uh, had a good year in Midland. But, but what we look at is things like extension. He has a tremendous uh, seven-foot extension at release, so he's getting the ball close to the hitter. We look normal. at the well, normal's back at six foot, sometimes oh, five foot ten, something like that. So basically, he gets the ball, he releases the ball closer to the hitter than than most pitchers. That makes him unique, okay. and uniqueness right. is is a is a big attribute. Look at yourself, your major league career. You were so good. One of the things that made you good is that you threw a very unique pitch, the knuckleball. Very few hitters see the knuckleball on a regular basis, and and I've talked to hitters that told me it takes them two days to get back. Uh, swinging against uh, the normal fastball slider curveball guy 
after they faced a Negro or yourself or Charlie Huff or those kind of people. So uniqueness is a key thing we look for. Uh, Tampa Bay's uh, Tampa Bay's notorious for uniqueness. They had about eight guys that threw from eight different arm angles mm-hmm. with eight different spins, and they just run one after the other, the other. So you can never become comfortable in, in seeing something like that because hitters, hitters really don't hit what they see. They hit what they anticipate and what they believe the ball will be when it's come out of pitcher's hand, where it's going to be at what time. And when you have all these different looks, uh, it can make it very, very difficult in the pitcher advantage first time through the order. Winter pitchers the best first time through the order. When do they struggle? Second, third time through the order. When when hitters become more comfortable in reading what what's all about. So that's what we look for. Less unique by that point. Yeah, you're less unique, and 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 you have to you have to have it. And so we emphasize having a toolbox uh, where a pitcher will not utilize all his weapons when he doesn't need to. Uh, I remember Sandy Koufax once told me he tried to save his curveball. If he had a chance to get Mays out in the first inning. And he's leading three to nothing. He'll throw a fastball. If he gives up a solo home run, he's only he's still up three one. He wanted to save his curveball for Mays in the seventh inning with first and second, two outs, and a one run lead, so that so that he was unique in the seventh inning because Mays had not seen that pitch a lot early. And that's one of the things they talk about anymore, though. Do they? No, they they basically empty their a lot of these young guys empty their toolbox really early, Mm -hmm. and then it becomes oh boy, what do I have? What can I do now? And uh, so it's a learning process for these young guys, and uh, but that's what we try and do: identify spin rates, we identify uniqueness, we identify uh, release angles, we identify uh, uh, release points and extension, things like that, uh, in looking for the the hidden gems that uh, that have been beneficial for us. We've heard about the fastball with Christian Javier and the revolutions, and we know it's unique uh, as far as it deviates from the standard. What makes his slider so unique? Because the opponent's batting average or, or soft contact rate against that slider is elite right now. Well, as you know, one pitch leads to the other. And what makes his slider unique is his fastball. Okay. The fact that you, you watch these hitters. I watched last, the other night, and I saw hitters trying to cheat to get to the, get to the heater. They just, they just can't believe that they're missing this ball. And I think they centered one ball against him. I think Canna, Canna hit a line drive base hit off a low fastball which is easier to hit than the waist-high fastball or the one up above. And, and Javier has this unique uh, delivery, which is very easy and, and, uh, and smooth, and yet the ball just has this jump to it that uh, not particularly like 98. That, and this is where people make a mistake. They think velocity is the end-all and be-all. Uh, I've seen guys throw 91 with this kind of hoppy fastball yeah, and be yeah. very, very successful. Uh, I've seen him throw – I had a guy throw 86. Uh, back in the day, Sid Fernandez, who had that same same thing, nobody could hit him because of the uniqueness of the "quote unquote" rise ball, which it didn't rise, it didn't sink as much as everybody else's pitch. So therefore, he becomes unique. Trevor Rosenthal has it. Uh, uh, Sid Fernandez had it. Uh, there's a number of guys that you that you, you you sit there and you say, "How can they? How can they not hit this?" Right, you know, right. you sit there, you're throwing 98, getting your butt kicked, and the other guy's throwing 90, and he's throwing the ball right by him. You know, it's just a it's just uh, hitters hit what they, what they anticipate, um, and, and so it, it makes uniqueness is key. This is Astros pitching coach Brent Strom. Stromy, one thing that's unique that it looks like to me from the side is that you guys attack with the slider up in the zone from time to time, and it looks like it's by design. Is that true? I wish I could tell you that it was, okay? Huh? I, wish I, could tell, I wish I could tell you that every one of those sliders that you see up in the zone are – our top shelf sliders. We do teach that pitch. 
yeah. uh, particularly to opposite side hitters. But I, I got to be honest with you, Sparky. So you know, you pitch yeah. enough where you, where you make you just it just slips out of your hand and 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 you actually throw it and you say, "Thank God it didn't break," because it's a backup slider or it's a uh, spinning slider up in the zone that hitters again. It's a unique pitch. Yeah. Nobody yeah. nobody designs it that way. Uh, the bat, you know yourself, the backup slider, the one that uh, that the hitter anticipates going to break and ends up shattering his bat. Uh, I'd like to take credit for that, but I, I'm not that good, believe me. I'm not. <laughs> All right, we're fresh out of spring training still, and, and there's a lot of pitchers still fresh in your mind. They're down at the alternate sites, or they're, they're going to start the season in the minor leagues. Let's run through a couple of those pitchers that maybe stick out more than the others right now anyway, and a lot of guys will, will zoom past them at some point, but Hunter Brown, uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Hunter Brown, tell me what you think about him. Well, I've been hearing uh, from uh, William Murphy about Hunter Brown for a couple of years. That's his boy, yeah. uh, so to speak. And, uh, I mean, tremendous young player, uh, pitcher, uh, power fastball, plus curveball, good feel for the changeup. This guy is is a little bit raw, comes from a small college out of Detroit. His, his idol was Verlander. Verlander uh, called him. Uh, they actually had a conversation, oh, very nice. uh, which was really cool of JV to do so. Uh, and uh, and it just has explosive stuff, really, really plus – Plus stuff, if we harnesses it, we're going to have a, a one or a two in our in our uh, rotation pretty soon. Austin Hansen looked really good toward the end of spring training too. You like him? I saw him on uh, uh, video as uh, before I came in to familiarize myself. Really good breaking ball. Really good breaking ball. Really spins the ball really well. Uh -huh. uh, very aggressive. Uh, you know, right now I, I really foresee him uh, as a potential big time reliever for us down the road. I think he. Uh, uh, I think he can miss bats and really like what I saw with Austin, Austin Hansen. Peter Solomon? Uh, lethally known by Dusty as King Solomon. Uh, he <laughs> loves him, okay, and I do too. This is a very refined pitcher out of Notre Dame. Uh, really has composure, knows what he's doing. Really good changeup, good good curveball, uh, enough fastball. I think potential starter for us down the road, but uh, I know Dusty loves this guy, and uh, I'm very, very, very fond of him also. Last thing, Strami, Jose Urquidy's pitching today. Last year, I don't think he really got up to full strength. Uh, it looks like uh, he's back to full strength now. The stamina has gotten better. What does he do better than, than most? Well, he's a, he's a premier strike thrower. In fact, it's almost to the point where he throws too many strikes. Uh, we had a bullpen yesterday, the other day, where I told him I wanted him to throw balls. Mm -hmm. I mean, very rarely have I told a guy to go out. I said, so what we're going to do, I'm going to let you find the middle of the plate. Uh, and uh, we have identified some things where he gets to one strike, one, one ball, two strikes, or no balls, two strikes, in the top 1% of all pitchers in baseball. Wow. Uh, and uh, yet is having difficulty putting people away uh, because he throws so many strikes. So we're actually working with him on what we call pressure pitches just off the strike zone, underneath the strike zone, above the strike zone. Uh, it's one of these things that Granke does so well. Uh, you know, he can get people to chase because everybody knows he's going to be throwing a strike, so the hitters are geared for strikes. And when they see a pitch come out of the hand, if it's close, they, they assume strike. And so uh, this is what made Keuchel so well back when he won his Cy Young Award. You know yourself, Sparky, you saw it. He threw 40, 46% strikes. Right. So if, if, you, if you said to the league, take every pitch you see, never swing at one pitch on Keuchel, he would not have won the Cy Young Award because he would, have walked, he would have walked five, six people a game. Okay. Uh, and so being able to get hitters to swing at balls is, is really key, as, as you well know. What's harder to do, throw above the strike zone or below it? Well, I, 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 think, I think above is a little more difficult at times because we're, we're so, we've been ingrained so much with keeping the ball down 
And that's why you see a lot of times with a high target, you'll see these non-competitive fastballs that are like shoulder high and above yeah. that a hitter just kind of looks at and you've just wasted the pitch. Uh, so we work on command of that pitch. You actually have to command the ball, you know, chest high and realize uh, that this is a controlled pitch just like, but pitchers have a tendency when they know they're going up in the zone to try and throw it harder yeah. when they really don't have to, because the closer it is to the hitter's eyes, the faster it appears to the hitter. So you really need to just locate that much like you would a down and away fastball. There you go. That's Brent Strong, pitching coach for the Astros, 2018 Major League Coach of the Year. We on and on, but uh, Starmie, thanks for catching up. It's always great talking to you. Always good, Sparky. Thanks, man. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. The 2021 season is upon us, and the Houston Astros single game tickets are on sale now. Make your plans to see the Astros live at Minute Maid Park. From Dollar Dogs and Friday Night Fireworks to great plays in Crawford Box home runs. Looking up, see you later! You won't want to miss a second of the excitement at Minute Maid Park this season. We can't wait to welcome you back to the ballpark because this season is for the age. Visit Astros.com slash tickets for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros General Manager James Quick before the Astros take on the Oakland A's and uh, the Astros with uh, a few roster moves today. And one of the notable ones is uh, Jake Odorizzi being added to the taxi squad. And that's one of the, the things that's happened since the pandemic. You can have five players on a taxi squad. They get to work out and, and travel with the team. So sounds like he's he's in good shape after the uh, game that he threw at the alternate side. Yeah, uh, he got through that that final game at the alt site a couple days ago. Uh, he's passed all the checks that he needs to get to. So uh, we brought him here uh, just to give him and his uh, family an extra day to kind of figure out their way around Minute Maid Park. Uh, you know, he, he told me this morning he hasn't gotten lost yet in the locker room. So that's good. And, uh, you know, they're still trying to figure out their way around the city. So uh, he said they took a, a test drive uh, over last night and uh, did a couple of laps around Minute Maid while the fireworks were going on just to uh, get a feel for the commute. But uh, he's, he's ready to go. He's excited. And so we'll, uh, we'll see him sometime in the uh, Detroit series. Well, that's obviously very encouraging. And obviously, Odorizzi is a guy that you, you targeted. And, uh, and I know you mentioned even before Robert Valdez went down with the finger entry, Odorizzi was someone you were looking at. Obviously, you have some history with him with Tampa Bay. Uh, what, what was it that you, you liked about Odorizzi that, that made you think, hey, this is a guy we could bring in? And also a guy that you could bring in in the middle of the camp and you knew would, would be able to, to get himself ready. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, he's an all-star. Uh, the last time they had an all-star game, he was on that team. Uh, so he brings that that upside of, of uh, elite-level talent. Uh, but beyond that, he's just been a very consistent performer throughout his career. And we knew that going from last season to this season, we were going to need a lot of, of bullets out there in the starting rotation and, and in the bullpen. Uh, and the ability to have him here, not only this year, but next year, give us a little bit of a bridge as, as we continue to try to keep the uh, competitive window open as long as we can uh, was really appealing, but just, um, you know, it's, it's quality and it's bulk and it's hard to find those two things uh, at the same time. Now, Luis Garcia made the team as a, as a fifth starter and Dusty Baker saying today that uh, Garcia was going to be in the bullpen for the time being. And I mean, just reading the writing on the wall, it would seem like he would be the odd man out once Odorizzi is inserted into the rotation in the, in the next series. Is the, is the thought to keep Garcia in the pen, or would you guys like to maybe keep him stretched out and, and keep him as a starter? 
that's to be determined. And we'll have those conversations with, uh, with Strami and the pitching coaches uh, and determine what's best, not only for our team, but for Luis's future. And I think long-term we all see him as a starter, but it always becomes that question of, do we put him in the bullpen now, let him, you know, get his feet wet, let him get used to the idea of, of being out there, or is it better to let him develop fully as a starter and get the innings in and the bulk and learn how to pitch deep in the games. And so it's, it's always a bit of a give and take there. So it'll be a constant conversation, but long-term we definitely see him as a member of the starting rotation. Uh, also today, Pedro Baez has moved from the COVID IL to the 10 day IL has a, a shoulder injury. Was this just part of, him getting ramped up, uh, you know, obviously was set back, didn't get the pitch in the spring game and, and, you know, dealing with COVID-19. The good thing is at least he has COVID behind him at this point. Yeah. Look, I mean, anytime you can get a, a, a pandemic uh, behind you, uh, in, in his case, obviously a good thing, but it, it really did set him back. Uh, it, the timing of it was really unfortunate. It was right when he was starting to ramp up in the middle of spring training. And so having to go to a, a hotel room and quarantine for, for 10, 12, 14 days, just set him back to, to square one. And as he was starting to ramp it back up again, he felt a little something in his shoulder. And so at this point we have to kind of hit the brakes again, pause, wait for that to calm down and then, and then work on the buildup again. And so that was the, the uh, event that precipitated the move from the COVID IL to the 10 day IL. And Austin Pro had shifted to the 60 day IL with Jacob Arizzi joining the, the 40 man roster. Does that change anything for him or is it, be pretty much where you, you expected it to be uh, coming back from the shoulder. So. Yeah, for better or worse, we knew that this was a possibility. Uh, just keeping an eye on Prue throughout the offseason, that this was, as far as his rehab schedule and calendar goes, uh, it was going to almost certainly take him into June. And so anybody who's not ready by May 31st, we can move them onto the 60-day and not interrupt their rehab calendar at all. Anything new with uh, Andre Scrub? I, I know you, you, you're hoping to have him back at some point this month. Yeah, he's still on track. He was uh, through his first bullpen the other day. He looked great. Um, we're all excited to get him back, but obviously we have a, a couple more things that we need to do just to make sure that he's okay. So we'll get another uh, another bullpen, a live BP, and, and maybe a back-to-back just to make sure that he's fully recovered and got everything behind him. But we're targeting towards the end of the month if it all goes uh, according to schedule. You know, there was a lot of talk coming into this season, going back up to under 62 games after playing six games last year about the pitching and monitoring innings. And, and you and I have talked about that. Uh, what hasn't been talked about a lot, I think, is the position players and how, you know, they they are also ramping up. And obviously, it's a little different than being a pitcher. We see Alex Bregman on the lineup today, Dustin Baker saying his legs were a little sore. Of course, he's coming back from, from a hamstring issue. And I know this is something that uh, Dusty talked about a lot last year, talking about certain guys being in the red. Uh, because, you know, giving them days off, things like that. But obviously that takes height of importance with the position players this year. Yeah, and, and this goes back to our sports science and our sports med- medicine and performance group that uh, does a really good job of running a lot of tests on the guys day in and day out to check internal and external rotation on their shoulders or hamstring strengths or, you know, other sort of things that we can see is their fatigue building up in the muscles. And if we can get ahead of it, if we can give guys a day off when they are getting close to that red zone, that'll bring them back down and, and reduce the risk of injury because by and large, a lot of these things happen, especially with major muscle groups like hamstrings and quads those injuries happen when you're fatigued and you're trying to play through it and you change your mechanics or 
other muscles try to compensate for muscles that are fatigued. And so this is why we have all of those checks in place. And you're absolutely right. The position players are, are a group that we're going to have to keep an eye on just like the pitchers because you know, they didn't get that 162-game season last year, and, and there's something to be said for that. James Slick, Astros General Manager, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.